Yes, please. First, I want to begin by saying I had a number of half hours here, so thank you for that. Second, this uh, one of those aha moments was when you spoke about the balance between science and art. Yes. So right now, especially in nature science, West as well, we are going towards cold logic. Yes. 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 So science is being taken and kind of perverted yes. to an extent where we don't empathize. There's no sympathy. There's yes. No passion, yes. There's no love. And most importantly, like Albert Einstein said, there's no imagination. Yes. Right? Because science takes you only to X. Right? There's only one Einstein for a reason. Yeah. So, I mean, as a society with so much art form, like India, how did it come to this? And how do we get it back? Yes. Very, very beautiful observation to start with. I 100% agree with you that we are suffering from a civilizational imbalance. We have become too much left-sided, left brain. There is a joke about it, you may have heard, that there are two sides of the brain, left and the right. The left has nothing right in it and the right has nothing left in it. And I, have, I, have, I use a word that this is a civilizational disease. What is that civilizational disease? Lack of love. Look inside, you know, lack of love. Empathy, care, yes. Just pure analytical logic. Now the biggest problem of analytical logic is that, well, everything I, I can reduce it to dust. So it's important to, why India became, that is easy to answer because still within us, we have that mentality of the slaves. You know, Shirobindo, all his writings, one of the things he's doing is to awaken us. You don't have to feel like a slave. We were made to believe that because somebody has conquered us, to start with, with fraud, <laughs> with fraud. <laughs> but we get, got into this mindset of the slave that, you know, I am a slave and, you know, I am no good. I'm, till date we suffer from this sense of underconfidence. Many people who, when they go to West, be beginning, I am sure you must have experienced. You know, initially that mindset because all these technological things, this, that, fluent English and don't be afraid. You are far more intelligent. I can tell you an average Indian is far more smart and intelligent. It takes you just few days to figure out and see through the facade and the hollowness. But the beginning part is uh, like that because this, this is a mindset. But slowly you begin to discover. Now this slavery of the mind is a very bad slavery because physical slavery is okay. We have become independent physically but not yet become independent intellectually. And the reason is one reason is the kind of education that continued. Of course, much has been said about Macaulay and others, but well, we are ultimately guilty. We have accepted it. So what is our education? Does it really connect us with ourselves? And if at all we try to connect, it's only through the lens of religion, which is not what we can connect with in today's generation. We must connect with the great, wonderful truths, which are the native strength and power of us. Then we'll believe in ourselves. You know, what is the greatest truth that we are divine? Just imagine this great truth. Nowhere else in the world you will find this formula. Divine is elsewhere, I am here. That's why they have perpetuated. Those who have believed that divine is somewhere else and I am here, his slave. So the same mentality has gone into subordinating others and making them their slaves. Because that's the highest you can feel. But we have not believed. We are not afraid of God. We love God. He is one of us. He is deep within us. So what a difference. 
and this great things we are unaware of because we have unfortunately tried to copy and you know everything even the religious much has been now copied and uh, we are um, dishing it out in stuff which is very much western in form and appearance but this is not how we are so this strength we have to recover that is the way out education is one thing and this can start at every level maybe see we cannot uh, control government policies and all that i'm sure divine will look into it and things will change but in our little homes we can start it in a little sphere we can start it and most importantly we have to live it otherwise it won't work out so i'm sure the, the this is the sign of the times that there are people like you and all of you who are here so receptive and i am personally i'm touched see every time i meet um youth and youthful energies like all of you i feel so humble and i'm so full of hope and whenever people become cynics in old age you know where is the change i think <laughs> i would say come here and we'll show you the change the fact that you are thinking and feeling this way the change has begun it will precipitate itself so allow this in the next generation let's not just copy and imitate anything else yes you know i have a very interesting story about it do we need a religion <laughs> you you may have heard about out of body experiences and near death experiences you know people who die they go some of them uh, when they come back suddenly after death within a short period you can come back so there is a whole account of people who have uh, died so called nearly died near death and then they come back they were declared dead but then they came alive one of them is anita murjani's famous video and uh, book also and i have noted some of them in my book death dying and beyond but one of the experiences was very interesting so this person dies and he goes to that being of light you know they all see the being of light some will <coughs> call him krishna others will call him christ and so on and so forth so one dialogue particularly uh, i was amused because the person asked this being of light which which religion do you like find the best which religion do you find the best and this being of light says frankly i don't care i found it very interesting now you see there are two components of a religion let me put it like that one is its essence the other is its mask for everything in fact for everything there is the essence which is the deepest truth the other is the mask what is the mask rites rituals all do's don'ts prescriptions proscriptions i don't know whether you know i'm sure it might be this vrata this upavas don't eat food on this day don't do this these are all externalities now what are externalities externalities are when you go to a let's say a temple what meets your sight first the huge building facade with all the various particularly if you go down south such intricate designs wonderful now it's okay it has its purpose but what have you come for you have come to meet the deity not even the pujari in between so every religion has this two elements the deepest truth and the facade so when we start giving too much importance to the facade 
Now, Fasad has some truth, some of them which had its relevance in its own time and some which has lost relevance. Fasad is like a building. Now, if you have in a temple uh, certain portions of the building which has gone uh, bad, what do you do? You change it, you, you, you put a new plaster, you bring a new... You can do that. No? In the outside must undergo change. But the deity is installed. So, this is how it is with, with religion that deep inside there is a truth which is like the grain of gold and the externalities. When religion becomes bad, when we give too much importance to externalities and forget the real inner truth. So, go past the externalities. Some people need it. Some people are like that. But leave it to them. So, there are some who need the crutch. It's fine. But the real thing is not the externalities, but this truth. What is the truth of every religion? That there is something which is beyond our mind, our intelligence, our reckoning. And to that extent, it's a beautiful thing. Why? Because it helps us to progress. But equally, it can maim us when religion becomes a crutch. So you have to offer puja, he will give you something and you have to just receive it. Whereas if you take it that this something which is beyond is pulling me towards that to become one with that as I said me and my creator are one. So then it is no more religion but it becomes yoga. So yoga is not religion. Yoga is a seeking to unite. Literally it means to unite with that which is everywhere but because we are limited beings we sometimes say he is in a temple he is in this place or that place some people need it it's a preliminary stage so it's okay but we should not stop there in India religion has always been subordinated to yoga that's why in India masters are given that reverence and the word of the master is regarded as higher than whatever the you know scriptures may say but there are religions where there are no masters there is no Nothing like word of the master, there is one scripture and there is one form and everything is closed in that. That is obviously dangerous where you have no way to unite with God. You can only worship God. So that kind of a religious thing is obviously limiting. Not that it's bad but it's very limiting. But not in Indian thought. In Indian thought religion was first step towards the next step. Next logical step is I can become that because I am that. You know, Ambrahma Asmi, Soham Asmi. These were the great formulas. And you can do it even without religion. You can go through another door towards the same thing. So some will need religion, some will not. It's not a necessity. But I do agree that in today's age, now we should free religion from its trappings and liberate the inner truth. Because the time has come. We must liberate the inner truth. And everywhere this need is there. That's why if you see in the western context, in most of the, uh, in Europe and uh, in UK, see most of the churches, what are they using them for? They have become party halls because nobody is going to the churches. But mankind for a long time cannot really accept this idea that God is out there and I will worship, he will send me, punish me into eternal damnation. One has to be an idiot to keep believing this all one's life. So if not this generation, the coming generation will revolt against this idea. So if you see in UK, majority are atheists. The heroes are atheists. You know, all these Stephen Fry and all these people, they uh, they make fun and you know, they are big uh, big people. I mean, that apart that 
he has a good sense of humor but that part the thing, thing is that uh, atheism has come why atheism because it's necessary in that context we don't have to be atheists for us if you don't like this this if you don't like that that then ultimately none of these eventually it is a great profound truth which opens door to progress so that's something wonderful in in us uh, in in indian thought put it like that so child anything yes There is an art of living, there is a science of living, there is a commerce of living. It's true. And if I may summarize it in a simple way, the art of living is to lead a beautiful life. It means to make beauty and harmony your Godheads. Whatever you may do, keep this in mind that it should be beautiful. You see, in, in India, we had so many mudras and, you know, when people dance, every eye gesture conveys something so lovely. Every hand gesture, this mudra, this mudra, this mudra, everything conveys something. So, if life can become a dance, you know, what, what is dance? One example I'll give, be like a river. So, what is, what, what is uh, the beauty of a river? River knows its origin, river knows its goal. Frankly, the rest is unimportant. So it finds its way. Sometimes it will carry a huge boulder, sometimes it will go past a mountain, sometimes it will go circuit like this, sometimes it will break through. It knows where it comes from, so don't forget your origin. Origin is not my papa, mama. Origin is not my state or my country or my nationality. Origin is the divine. This is what we have grown up in. What is the goal? Goal is also the divine, the source. Of course, what happens in between is growth and experience and transformation that we are not entering into that. So these two things, if you don't forget, then you have learned the art of living. What is the divine? All beautiful, all blissful, all harmony, all love. Worship them in life. Express them in life, in actions, in, in the way you walk, the way we eat, the way we think, the way we speak with people. So you have the art of living. What is the beauty? Um, what happens when you have the art of living? Life becomes beautiful. Life becomes harmonious because you are worshipping the law of harmony and beauty in everything, which includes the, the way we dress. Why not? In everything, beauty and harmony. This is why I love this, you know, uh, not only because I am born in Indian, because I see such richness of expression and variety of expression. It's not monotonous, it's so wonderful. So, it's the art of, some people say also, you know, Indians are very colorful. You see, even like I notice in Pondicherry, every morning, outside the houses, even, uh, you know, the, the huts, small little huts, not much money would be there, but the ladies in the morning, they'll make such lovely columns that when I take out the scooter, I feel, uh, my God, I don't want to, you know, so beautiful. What is this? <laughs> so, this is worship. Life should become beautiful. Harmonious. This is the art side. What is the science of living? There are certain subtle laws of life. We must know it. 
Like for example, if you touch fire, what will happen? My hand will burn. If I don't know it, nothing wrong with the fire. Too bad for me. One day if I touch it, it will burn me. So, for example, one of the laws of life is, to give an example, they who chase desire do not find it. And when you have dropped it, then desire finds you and says, please. It's strange. But this is a law of life, I can tell you that. Chase desire and you will see you will never find it. It's like I try to take water into my hands or capture sunlight to my hand. And when you turn away from that, you say, no, it's not that which I am seeking, but something else which I assume will come through desire, but I have other ways of finding it. Happiness, for example. And when you do it, desire will come running after, please, sir, please accept me also. I want to give you this. I want to give you that. Now, this is a science of living. These are rules. When we have thoughts of ill will, so what happens? This ill will we generate in the world comes back to us. If it comes back, it's okay. It comes thousandfold, magnifies, it's pure physics. Okay? Everything, that's one of the things Einstein said, No, it will come back, take a round in the universe, come back to you. The same law applies, or Newton even said, law of action, reaction. So, science of living will tell us every day morning, send some beautiful thought in this universe. It's not just about this or that person. Get up and say, may this world be, you know, Sarve Bhavantu Sukhina, Sarve Santu Niramaya, Sarve Bhatrani Pashanti. What is this? Sending a beautiful thought into this world. When we meet somebody, say, good morning. And this good morning should be from the heart. Again, a beautiful thought. So what are you doing? Actually, if you say that, may all be happy, you are part of it. It will come back to you. This is another science of living. Another science of living is if you conserve energy, the law of conservation of energy. If you waste energy, you will feel tired, exhausted, fatigued, all kinds of diseases will come. If you conserve energy, you will grow stronger and wiser. And So how to conserve energy? One of the means is gossip. Waste of energy. How is it helping? I am talking about somebody and you know, how is it helping? Gossip. Conserve energy. Anger, another way of throwing energy. How is it helping? So this is science of living. Then there is a commerce of living. Commerce of living is about the interdependentness of this whole creation. One of the big illusions we live in is the illusion of separateness. It's a big illusion. There is an interconnectedness. And now we all know about it. And if we don't know this law, then we suffer. Even if we try, that means in this life there is a perpetual interchange. Perpetual interchange means I must give my bit. I should not be only a taker. I must give my bit because it's a law of life. If I don't give, then what will happen? Because there is the law of interchange, it will snatch away from us. And where does it come from? It comes from what the Gita says, the law of sacrifice. And the simple example is when you go to a temple. Now again, see, there are symbolic aspects. So when you go to temple, there are different people who have gone with different intention. Some have given big money, some have given nothing, some have done this, some have done that. At the end, after you have seen the deity, what is the next step? What do you get? Prasadam. Prasadam is same for everybody. 
of course some temples start doing this you know reach and actually prasadam is same you know so what a beautiful thing you have contributed your bit now you will get something to everybody whatever they get will will come but you can't dictate you can't say that i have given 1 lakh rupees therefore i must get this much prasadam no so this is the law of interchange in life so very often we want to only take we then see how it happens we we start suffering oh so and so doesn't love me so and so doesn't do this so and so we should also raise this question what have i done do i do for somebody do i love and if you love someone love creation love gives things then it will come back to you may not be from the same person but it will come back to you so this is the commerce of life so these are truths but not the way it is taught now i don't subscribe to that the art of living means learn some breathing exercises no art of living is the art of living is about the joy and beauty and harmony of life that's what art is about it's about finding the beautiful in the ugly art of living even behind the terrible seen a snake what does what is the first reaction when you see a snake of shrinking no what happens when you see a snake on the national geographic channel does a snake has its own beauty or no <laughs> don't be scared <laughs> there is no when a cobra have you seen the way it moves and the way it spreads its food there is a majesty in it it's not that when you see a lion <clears throat> gazing there is a majesty in that there is a divine moment that's why we have even snake around shiva what is it about it's about looking behind appearances towards the beautiful i am not saying go to a snake and say oh i am shiva you are a snake come i'll that is foolish <laughs> there you must know signs of living what is signs of living if a snake bites you you die <laughs> though even there there are there is an example real story of what to what extent it can go and this story is about shri ramakrishna and the mother has said yes it is true So what happened with Sri Ramakrishna? Once he was bit by a cobra when he was in deep meditation. So he felt the sting of the cobra, the bite. You know what he said? Oh, Kali, you have come to disturb me in my meditation, Kali. Again went into meditation. Nothing happened. With mother, she was sitting and meditating in temple. See how here the science and the art fuse together. So. Suddenly, she felt uneasy. She opened the eyes and she saw a cobra with all the hood, ready to strike. So she looked into the cobra with all compassion and said, "He thought that you know, why have you come? Why are you angry? I am. I am not uh, come to hurt you or harm you." Then she realized that probably she is sitting on his house. This fellow wants to go to the house, you know, cobra's house in the trees. So she is. looking at the cobra's eyes intent persistent you know animals are very scared of human eyes this is the science part why because they see in eyes the light of intelligence which they don't have so they are scared of that if you look into any animal's eyes 
the animals will pause because they see something which they don't have instinctively and she started shifting a little 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 while looking at the eyes no sooner had she lifted just shifted just a few inches suddenly the fellow dropped its foot turned back and went into the river now actually with fear with reaction to the mask we create chaos so what is this art of living when you are able to look at even that with compassion with love in your heart as somebody had mentioned forgiveness all this it creates a different force field around you and the reactions begin to change somebody who is all the time angry you pity that person isn't it that poor fellow is suffering so much so these are there are many such laws of life there are many such ways by which we can make life more beautiful and we should make it more beautiful because so but for that we must start looking at the beautiful hidden behind the ugly ugliness is an appearance look at the beauty and then you will love everyone okay so art and science and commerce and everything any closing comment anybody wants to okay uh, feel free if you want to communicate something ever just take my email from someone and get in touch okay always feel free so can close with yes yes please purpose of human okay it's a very good question uh, purpose of human life cannot be divorced from the general purpose of creation because humans are not cut off from the rest of creation so what is happening in creation what is the constant factor which is happening each moment let's go step by step by analyzing we'll find what is the thing which is happening in creation all the time perpetual change isn't it that's what they make a big philosophy out of it but you don't need to read a book to understand it every moment everything is changing change does this change have a certain direction when seen through a long space of time let's me put it like that a seed goes through several stages what is the change that takes place eventually leads to a certain blossoming right then next step is withering away what happens when the flower withers away more flowers will come and it will enrich the soil if you take it beyond a particular species or a plant you will see the change is called there is a technical term used for it in science what's happening evolution what is evolution about growing manifestation of capacities you see in animals mind is there even a crow analyzes things everything but in a limited degree in human beings this capacity is gone to what extent even elephants feel but to a limited extent human beings this feeling can go to what extent 
similarly if you go into plants plants have certain things which are like the animal but very limited so if you see in life what is happening in creation change with a direction which is evolution and this is a whole cycle where each individually evolved being is ultimately nourishing and nurturing everything else for further evolution so what should be the goal of human life it has to be in the rhythm of that it is in one word you can take it no problem in one word what what will be the goal evolution evolution means bringing out that which is hidden inside me what is hidden in the seed must come out as a plant so what is hidden inside us human beings nobody tells us that this is a great tragedy but even if you don't say it will come out it will come out because it's inevitable in the process of things though in our indian thought it is said what is hidden inside the soul creation is divine divine emerging and eventually in human beings ultimately it will emerge into a the divinity will emerge fully that's where shivendra speaks about a divinized race because it's logical in inevitable in the logic of things but even if you leave that aside it's evolution to bring out our capacities now what are the means given to us to evolve one is education education is a means to evolve consciously even if you don't go to school evolution will take place but you can become consciously participate in the process of evolution so we have one means is education and the second means is yoga and both can be combined beautifully so goal of human life is evolution now i am not um, putting any tax to it it's no more happiness success evolution will make you happy progress will make you happy you know when you reach some point and you are stuck up you start getting bored so always the sense of the new the unexpected the surprise the beauty the joy of life all this is what in one word is the same joy you get every day happiness and what will happen after some days it'll get boring now here also we see the sense of the unexpected is what it drawing us to evolve you want to experience the same joy in a new way that's how new things come experimentation comes adventure comes everything comes from this one stress in creation it is towards evolution and if you want to give it a more human name then we use the word progress we don't use the word evolution when it comes to human being we say progress now what kind of progress in every sphere why limited somebody said no beautifully in every way every way why should we limited i want only my progress in my job and career why not in relationship why not in my physical capacities why not in my intellectual capacities why not in my spiritual capacities why not in my ability to feel why not in every way so progress is the logical goal of human beings and we are pushed towards that and that's why very often when we are stuck in a certain area there is something which comes to push us out of the comfort zone it's to make us progress and if you understand it then life is beautiful and progress which brings happiness so wherever you are whatever you may be doing progress is something you can always make it's independent of anything even when you we are jobless we can still progress even when we are asleep we are progressing that's the beauty of it isn't it of course that's not the best way to progress <laughs> but 
it's inevitable can't help it okay so the mistake we should not make is of saying aim of life is to be happy aim of life is to progress happiness will come the more we progress the more happiness will naturally come and progress is nothing to do little to do with our external uh, achievements etc they are frames frames you need a frame like we are sitting inside a room we could have sat outside the same discussion we would have done but you need a frame to you know make it a little more manageable it will be would have been very funny you know sitting on the road and you know we start this discussion <laughs> so we need a frame so whatever job you are doing or this is a frame for instance marriage and relationship it's a frame frame for what to grow in love if you take it like that then it becomes beautiful <laughs> difficult calling but we are here to do difficult things okay <laughs> All right so i think we can close here and just uh, yes please so what are these frames that matter the most to people who matter the most to us something all frames are temporary frames they must widen and they must uh, be more and more plastic so in times to come it will change for instance let's take the parents example earlier parents were parents now parents are also friends this change has started no so tomorrow parents will become at once like teachers earlier it was teachers means i know it now the concept has come of universal learning so teacher is also learning project work is actually meant to be like that unfortunately it doesn't happen project means both the teacher and the student explore together that's how you facilitate but it's unfortunate that still we give to the student the teachers are very nice project work is the best thing i don't have to do anything okay but it's exploring something which uh, beyond our horizons so frames uh, change they evolve they progress as human race evolves even husband wife relationship earlier what was the frame what was the wife meant for today wife is a friend no she is a co traveler she is a partner so frames um, should not become the primary thing we need frame otherwise uh, i mean the mind needs frame otherwise prematurely going beyond frame can create chaos but yes a time comes this i can tell you that yoga and spirituality take you to a point which goes beyond frames so fixed definitions uh, you know the measures of the human mind social yardsticks and standards they drop away it's true but if they drop away prematurely it can become a, a dangerous freedom so but ultimately they drop away that's why in ancient times the sanyasis were asked to stay away from the mainstream society because they had no frames you know any house they would go it like my house and it can be very risky so people were little they respected them but they were also scared of them so so frames do drop away they should drop away but uh, premature dropping of frame can lead us towards animality um, and when frames drop away when we are ripe mature inwardly the full the soul has developed then it's beauty and wonder and infinity <coughs> a time will come when parents will know they are just trustees what is the greatest formula given you see there is a phrase uh, 
मातृदेवो भव पितृदेव भव आचार्य देवो भव सो वन ट्रांसलेशन इज फादर इज लाइक ए गॉड एंड मदर इज लाइक ए गॉड एंड टीचर इज लाइक ए गॉड बट दिस इज अनदर वे टू लुक एट इट ओ फादर बी लाइक ए गॉड ओ मदर बी लाइक ए गॉड मीन्स बी पेशेंट बी ओ टीचर बी लाइक ए गॉड सो दैट मीन्स देर हैज टू बी अ चेंज एंड ए कॉन्स्टेंट इवोल्यूशन दिस विल हैपन so ultimately parents will come to a point where they where they will realize uh, you know what khalil gibran writes in one of his writings uh, remember it uh, your children are not your children they are um, arrows uh, shot from the bow of time they come through you but they do not belong to you now it requires a great courage you know his books were burnt in lebanon but we always knew this so time will come when we will go beyond this limits but as i said initially we need these frames because we are still in the mind so defining boundaries but things are changing in in many ways ultimately we have this we people discover even men and women that the best relationship they can have is a friends not of a husband and wife or man or a woman because if you transcend this boundary of man and woman and the gender difference and all the animality associated with it then it's so beautiful you don't get hurt you don't get you know there is no possessiveness jealousies all these go away because and children nowadays are experiencing it college going children you know when they move around boy and girl move around old timer parents are you having an affair no mom just my friend what do you mean friendship are you planning to get married <coughs> mom friend na they know the difference so it's so beautiful ultimately future of relationship will be friendship okay so so many things we have uh, i hope you have enjoyed i have enjoyed being with all of you thank you so much when you come to pondicherry do look up stay in touch whenever you feel anything over the mail okay